Welcome to Tanya Today. I'm Rabbi Ronnie Fine. And it's a privilege and a pleasure to share with you the Tanya. We welcome Robert from Boston. Shalom. Anna is with us from Budapest. Good afternoon. Uh, Jean N. Or Peter. Not certain. Welcome. Diane is with us in California, if I'm not mistaken. I remember you're traveling, that I remember. <laughs> Welcome. Gilisa, shalom. Susan in Scranton, Pennsylvania, good morning. Gary, good morning to you. June is in Australia, good evening to you. Davida and uh, Liba in New York, uh, good morning. Darren is with us in the Philippines. Good evening and a good night to Clem in Australia. Simcha is with us in Florida. Heather in North Connecticut. Good morning. Eugenia in Calgary. Welcome. Tim is with us in Texas. Irma in St. Martin. Good morning. Ahuva in Seattle. Good morning. Michael, Virginia. Boker Tov. Deborah is with us in Kitchener, Ontario. John in North Carolina is with us. David and Bacha in Montreal. Good morning. Dam is with us in Indonesia. Aldo. Shalom. I'm not certain from where. Wherever you are. Welcome. Um, Asher in, in Tennessee. Welcome. Michael, uh, good afternoon to you in Germany. Who else is with us? Lionel. From Johannesburg. Oh, good afternoon, DJ. Good evening to you in Australia. We have with us uh, on Clubhouse Batya, Vilma, David, Celeste, Liana, Mare, Norm, Marcy, Tenny, Adam, Luz, Tim, Margot. Uh, Celeste will shortly. Um, in Clubhouse will be entered Telebenta. We have Jim. We have uh, let's can't make out some Yocheved. We have Sarah, Elise, and I think some others I can't make out. We have Katie also in Texas with us, Linda in Nebraska. Beautiful. Okay, wonderful. We begin the 29th letter. Um, a lot of stuff here, amazing stuff, including concept of reincarnation um, and much and much more. We begin with proverbs from King Solomon, very famous one. A woman of valor is the crown of her husband. So of course everything is in a literal sense, but, um, and in a figurative sense. So in the uh, figurative sense, this is in reference to Torah. There are two aspects to Torah. There is a feminine aspect and the male aspect of Torah. The male aspect of Torah is the written word. The written word of Five books of Moses, 
or the 24 books of Tanakh. Uh, that is the written word. But what crowns it is the feminine aspect, which is the oral Torah. The oral Torah is the crown. Um, now the Gemara, the Talmud, explains using the term crown in reference to Torah that the crown is someone abuses it or misuses it rather which is I guess an abuse <laughs> right um, and it, re it refers to there what is the crown speaking about Jewish law halacha halacha meaning the path that a, a Jew takes that is based on Jewish law. Um, and that's in reference to the crown. Someone who uh, misuses it is uh, passes away early, meaning they're responsible for that misuse. So that's one phrase in reference to what the crown is referring to, Jewish law. The uh, Talmud also tells us, the sages, that in the Academy of Elijah, they said, they taught, that whoever studies halachas, Jewish law, is assured a share in the world to come. In the world to come. And what is it in reference to? Halachas, the crown again. So, of course, the Alter Rebbe says, we need to understand. Why is it that halacha is referred to as the crown? The crown of Torah. Um, that if you misuse it, or on the other side of it, if you study it, that you get specifically through the study of halacha, Jewish law, a, uh, an assurance of a place in the world to come. Why not other Torah study? Like Tanya. <laughs> or uh, other things. We need to understand that. Also, we need to understand that it says in the, our sages say in the Talmud, that even if you studied one single chapter in the morning and one single chapter in the evening, you fulfill that obligation, you fulfill your obligation of Torah study. Now, it, when you study one single chapter, sorry, of halacha, of Jewish law, so why is it one Jewish law that you study, you fulfill your obligation? one in the morning, one in the afternoon. As a matter of fact, for those who are familiar with the morning blessings, we see in the morning blessings, there is a reference, or not a reference, sorry, there's the Mishnah, uh, these are things that do not have any limitation to them, and it is a Mishnah, that is Halacha, um, Jewish law, that, is, that we have part of the prayer service, in order to fulfill this teachings, that if you learn one Halacha in the morning, one in the evening, you are assured a place in the world to come. So we need to understand that. Now, when we speak about the world to come, we're talking about here, uh, Gan Eden, Garden of Eden. Okay. Uh, actually, might be both things. Let, we'll wait for that. We're going to discuss that. Not today. Okay. So, some questions we need to understand. It all and it all is predicated on a woman of valor is 
is the crown of her husband. Again, a woman of value is the crown of her husband. Give me one moment here. I'll fix something. Uh, sorry. Okay. Okay. So, based on that teachings, um, the crown, and remember, the metaphor is that the woman is the oral teachings. The crown is specifically Jewish law, as we see <clears throat> in other places. And um, hence, we need to have this understanding. So, says, to understand and appreciate this, we need to understand a teaching from the Arizal. The Arizal, who is the father of modern-day uh, Kabbalah. Modern-day Kabbalah. You know, he only lived about 500 years ago. But that's modern for Jewish people, you know. <laughs> that's recent, too. Jewish history goes far, very far back. So, in any case, so he says that every for every Jewish soul to be re needs to be reincarnated many times. Why? Because they have to fulfill six hundred and thirteen commandments of the Torah, and they have to fulfill it in not just in action. But in speech and in thought, like so, for example, uh, so for example, um, when you put on tefillin, there's an act in putting on tefillin, but there's also speech involved in the blessing, and there's also thought that you're thinking about the the mitzvah and the connection that there is through the mitzvah. So, in all three are necessary garments of the soul that when you perform the, uh, the mitzvah, the commandment. And if there's something incomplete uh, that the soul has not fulfilled, that soul needs to come back into this world in order to perform the, uh, that, those commandments that were not fulfilled, except for the commandments that are, in, that are um, uh, an obligation of a king to fulfill. Since the king is the heart of the people, so in the sense, by him fulfilling it, he fulfills it on behalf of the people, and therefore those mitzvahs you don't need to, um, to fulfill. Now, why must one, and, and, and what these mitzvahs are called, are garments to the soul, and we need 613 garments to the soul to guard. Now, why? Why, why, why do we need? Why does the soul have to come back? What's the necessity? The reason is, is because the soul is made up of 613 components. I mean, the soul is one whole, complete entity, but it's got components to it, aspects to it. Powers of the soul that are 613, even though we speak generally about 10, but there's six. 113 call it organs of the soul, 
and each mitzvah clothes garments each aspect of the organs of the soul in a unique specific way um let's just simply you know the soul garbs itself in my eye to give it the power to see it garbs itself it encloses itself a part an aspect of the soul in my ear to hear my tongue to speak so you get the picture each aspect of the physical organs of the body have a different part of the soul or an aspect of the soul that garbs itself to give it the power that it needs to do what it needs to do likewise the soul so in other words the fact that sorry the fact that there is a aspect of the soul that garbs in the physical part of the body is because there's an aspect of the soul that has the unique organ of the soul that then clothes itself in the physical organ of the body so 613 components if something is lacking something is lacking of the garment of the soul or the organ of the soul that didn't clothe itself in thought speech and action right the garments of expression of the individual so that's all needs to come back uh, so the zohar explains how indispensable these garments are and as the alternative says an understanding person would um it was sorry it'd be understandable to every thinking person okay so let's become those that thinking person so now to explain what the zohar says here that this concept a little uh, capitalistic idea so we have three parts of the soul that are incorporated from within and to beyond three within our nefesh ruach and neshama and in the individual that part of the soul is limited inherently limited therefore the soul it's impossible for it to connect to the infinite of God unless there was uh, some well we'll see we'll see how even a radiation of a glimmer of the light of God that would be contracted upon an intense contraction is uh, referred to this uh, contraction of the infinite of God now this is vis-a-vis -vis the soul and the experience that the soul has in its connection the experience that it has is metaphorically called like a hair now why a hair so just like the hair on one's head right uh, the life force in it is minimal compared to the brain compared to actually any organ of the body right but specifically the brain so the contraction is huge 
so tenuous is the force, the life force of God, so um, immeasurably uh, contracted that there is no sensation when you cut the hair, I hope. <laughs> right? I mean, you might cry because you didn't get the haircut you wanted, but you know, you know what the difference is between a good haircut and a bad haircut? Two weeks, because it grows back. <laughs> right, in any case. So, this glimmer of a contracted light of God um, that has a very um, limited form of divine life force that is metaphorically like a hair, nonetheless, the nefesh, nor the ruach and the neshama can endure that, the light, that light. Why? Because that light, although it is very much contracted, is good, it's sweet, it's intense, that a created being can't receive it without, being, without expiring. Without expiring of the soul. It is pleasant. Noyam mesikus. Pleasant, agreeable, sweetness, a real delight. This is what's called delighting in God. That the soul thirsts for that pleasure. But the soul doesn't have the power to absorb that pleasantness, that pleasure. Because why? There's a husk, a limitation of the soul in the body, and therefore it doesn't have the capability. Now, from this glimmer though, from this uh, gl glimmer of a radiation that we call a hair, but it is very pleasant and beautiful. Interesting hair also, even though it's tenuous, the, 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 <coughs> the life, right? But yet, hair, you know, is very, brings a beauty to a person, uh, brings a pleasantness, and so on. So from there, that life force, which we're going to get back to later what that means, a garment is created. A single garment is created from that uh, glimmer of light, that hair uh, energy force, right? That can garb itself where? In my nefesh, Ruch and Shama. And yours. And this is a ray of light of godliness that we can apprehend. And we wouldn't become nullified by it. It's not so powerful. It's a garment. Right? It's a garment. So what's that garment? That is, you know, the gar clothes make the man. What is the garment that is being worn by the soul that allows it to be having a connection to, to God? And that garment is the mitzvah. That garment is the mitzvah. 
right? By doing the mitzvah, we create this garment for the soul. 613. Um, 613 um, components of the soul, which need 613 mitzvahs to, to garb it. The soul is not being connected or being garbed, and another is apprehending um, the glimmer of the light of God that's contracted, that is called a pleasurable light. We're going to learn more about that, how you connect to that. But the soul does, through the mitzvah, create that garment that the soul now is connected to, or it's garbing the soul. So with this now, we can understand the concept of how the soul needs all of the mitzvahs, and if one is lacking in mitzvah, so the soul needs to return in order to have its completion, its fulfillment, its fullness. And as the, and the Zohar concludes, and we conclude today's class, this is analogous at looking at the sun through a fine and lucid speculum. As it says, Amisha entered in the midst of the cloud and he ascended the mountain. And he was vested himself in the cloud and ascended and saw by way of the cloud, which the cloud here is a metaphor for a garment, by means that Amisha was able to receive the revelations at Sinai. Right? He was on top of the mountain, by way of the cloud. He was able to perceive he was able to perceive the godliness there. That's the metaphor. Okay, let's unpack this. Whew, heavy-duty stuff that we just learned. So first of all, we learn about reincarnation. And the need for a soul and its complete fulfillment. So, you know, we're all, you ever heard the term old soul? All right, folks, we're a bunch of old souls. Al-Tadeb himself actually was a new soul, something we've spoken about in the past, that he was not a reincarnated soul. He was a new soul with a brand new light that the world needed. And uh, thank God that we are connected and we have that light. So, um, so that concept, I hope, was clear. I hope that that was uh, a clear concept. Furthermore, in Torah, we have the male and female parts of Torah. Why would that be? Male and female parts of Torah. It's because everything in the universe, in God's creation, there's a male and female Two opposites, actually, right? as male and female are. Why are they opposites? They're not just physically, physically, physically opposite, biologically opposite, or, or different. Uh, opposite. I'm going to even say opposite, right? But, um, and, and not just that, but spiritually they are, because everything evolves from the spiritual. So the spiritual is unique and different. And, and what we have is always 
a union between the male and female and the divine. And therefore, ultimately, that's the way it is down here too. Of course, through proper marriage <laughs> between male and female. Um, a concept that we've uh, learned many times. But here it's emphasized again. And of course, where we're going with all this is to understand the uniqueness of the crown, which is Jewish law, which, by the way, is uh, part of the teachings of Maimonides that we do every day at Rambam at 1 o'clock. Please do come and join us, uh, that you can have your learning of Maimonides and uh, your connection to the crown. So what we had over here is the infinite of God, the contraction of the infinite that becomes something that the soul seeks to have that pleasure, but it's beyond it. And then there is what the soul does get through the mitzvah, creates a garment for the soul, 613 mitzvahs to, uh, to clothe, to garment, to being clothed by. Uh, 613 commandments, mitzvahs. So you see that it's not um, the mitzvahs that we fulfill are not just, you know, um, a good idea. It's a good idea. Uh, it's not just even a godly idea that's beyond our appreciation and understanding, but we can now have an appreciation of the need of the mitzvahs and, you know, the, the being careful with uh, all mitzvahs as best as we can, or at least you know, working on uh, becoming more and more careful with, uh, with mitzvahs, because that allows our soul to be complete. Po uh, powerful idea. Powerful idea. This is just the beginning. We're going to continue. Questions? Comments, thoughts. So let me first look on Facebook before I lose the feed. I noticed some questions, so at least one. So there's more. Oh, maybe just one for the moment. Oh, I see there's some bad connections. Hmm. Don't know why. Um, Davida, will our souls be cleansed when Mashiach comes? Yes. And we'll have fulfilled what we need to fulfill. Okay. Celeste, I see you have your hand up. Please share with us. Oh, okay. Not now. Not a problem. Anybody else have questions? comments, thoughts.
Okay. Pretty good that it's so clear. I'm impressed. Um, Davida, did I miss any questions? Bacha, did I miss any questions somewhere? Oh, John, how does one know which mitzvah one needs to perform in a reincarnation? Ah, excellent question. So, um, you know, to say for certain, you know, that might be a difficulty, but to get at least an inkling of what might be the mitzvah that you need to fulfill is uh, in two ways. One is that mitzvah that really talks to you, that really touches you, is going to be your gateway that the other mitzvahs also go through. You've got to do all the mitzvahs, but that one that really talks to you is a gateway. So that you got to give it your all, thought, speech, and action. And uh, perhaps that's, um, per perhaps that could be one way of knowing. Another way of knowing is that one that is difficult for you, that you find challenging, and it comes back over and over, and it's there. And sometimes we want to run away from it. Or maybe often we're trying to run away from it. That's also an indication of the mitzvah that is kind of meant for me. That also can be. So that's a pretty uh, powerful idea. Okay. Liana, please share with us. Uh, yes, good morning. Good uh, morning. You said earlier that you know each soul is required to... Um, will be reincarnated to complete the 613, but obviously me as a woman right now cannot, you know, I'm not obligated to some of those 613. Does right. that mean that every soul has to experience life, you know, as both male and female in order to achieve the 613? Excellent question. Excellent question. Um, I don't think so. I actually really want to look more into that. I don't think so, but um, the the uh, you know one of the reasons why there's a union between male and female is because through that union, one completes the other. So uh, you know the the mitzvahs fill in that a woman is not obliged or in other mitzvahs through uh, the union of male and female, in other words, husband and wife. So, it, you know, it, it's part of her soul. Um, that, again, remember that marriage means two halves of one soul. So it's really, you know, a reunion of two souls that were separated, at, you know, when they came into this world. But above, those souls are connected. So... Um, you know, so the female soul is got another part to it, the male soul, and therefore th through the mitzvahs that are done down here, it gives a soul, you know, that 
fulfillment and that garment that is necessary. I, I, I don't know if it gets the action, you know, if that what that means. In other words, it's not obliged and, and, and gets its fulfillment. So I, I don't think that the female soul becomes, you know, a male soul in order to fulfill. Not to, not to my understanding. Thank you. Okay, excellent question. Um, I actually want to look more into that, but that that's my understanding. I, I want to make sure I have, you know, clarity on that. Really good question. Thank you. Um, okay, Liba, if you have a question on Instagram, it's. Um, Oh, I can see it. is reincarnation soul cleansed before coming back? Is it cleansed? Of course, it's, yes, of course it's cleansed. You know, a new baby comes into this world pure, right? The baby comes in pure. Yes, absolutely cleansed. Yeah. Good question. Does a male soul come back as a male? Okay, so we just spoke about that, June. Yes. Okay, any other questions? Any other thoughts? Michelle, please share with us. Good afternoon to you, right? Good afternoon. Um, I just wanted to um, find out something, please. Sure. Don't we cleanse our soul every month when we go to the mikvah, as well as purifying our body? Um, yes, when a woman goes to the mikvah. Um, which, which, by the way, you know, uh, even though there's a concept of a man going to the mikvah, but he doesn't have the obligation, as the woman has the obligation. Um, and just to bring out the idea of the two halves and how they fulfill each other, so to speak, right? So it brings out that, that point on the other side of the coin, so to speak. So is there a purification? Absolutely there is. Um, but can... Can a, a woman just fulfill that one mitzvah and no other mitzvah? No. How come? Because the soul has 613 components to it, right? Organs, metaphorically, that the organ needs to be clothed with the mitzvah. So uh, it necessitates, you know, uh, Shabbos and, uh, you know, kosher and, <laughs> you know, all the other mitzvahs that we do. By the way, I'm surprised you didn't ask this question, but aren't there mitzvahs that we don't even have a capability of fulfilling them today? Right? Like, you know, bringing an offering to on the altar uh, and many other things that we don't have today because we don't have the Holy Temple. Right? The mitzvah of Aliyah Laregel, the mitzvah of going up to Jerusalem for the holidays and celebrating there so two things one is 
we may, our soul may have fulfilled that already, you know, uh, 2,000 years ago, that particular mitzvah. Secondly, there's another way we can fulfill it, and that is by the study of it. That's why by the study of Rambam, Maimonides, when we learn it every day, as we're doing, by the way, good plug for it, 1 o'clock today, every day, uh, Sunday through Friday, that when you study an area like we're doing now, we're studying the law of, of of, of nicer, of tithing, tithing agriculturally. From there comes the mitzvah to tithe money to give to charity. But, uh, you know, the basis of the mitzvah is the tithing of one's produce that one would biblically, at least, you know, use for themselves to, to eat. Um, and you have to give a tenth of it to the Levite, to a Levi from the tribe of Levi um, back in the day. So you can't do that today. So uh, our soul may have fulfilled that already 2,000 years ago. But another way that we also have a, a capability is through the study of it. As our sages say, that when you study it, it's like at least maybe in action you don't have it. But you have it verbally, expressing it in, in, in uh, verbally and in thought because in the understanding of the mitzvah. So another uh, good reason why to learn Rambam. All right, folks. Uh, some more questions over here. Ooh, we're getting questions now. Okay, so Michael says he thinks he's reincarnated many times. Because <laughs> I've never heard the six times. Oh, you never... No, I don't know if you're... Uh, uh, you know, I don't think each time you have to be reincarnated for one mitzvah. Well, it could be. Could be that a soul comes only to fulfill that one thing it needs. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, uh, John. As Adam and Chava were divided in Gan Eden, our souls in the world of souls divided before being sent to our world. Of Asiya. So at one point they're not, they're one. And at some point, they, I guess through the migration to come down into the physical world, there's probably some kind, at some point there must be a separation. Exactly when? I'm not certain. Good question, John. Good question. I don't know. I'm not certain. Uh, Davida, that uh, Rabbi Akiva doesn't say about him that he was reincarnation of Cain and Moshe, Pinchas. Yes. So why would the righteous be need to be reincarnated? Good question. Well, you can understand why Cain needs to be reincarnated. Is Moshe reincarnated? I don't know. That Rabbi Akiva is a reincarnation of a pre That's okay. Was someone else reincarnation of him after that? Don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, Michael. If you may be a reincarnation from a past ancestor. Um, Possibly. 
Possibly. Okay. Possibly. All right, folks. Amazing. Possibly. Uh, um, I don't think it's important for us to kind of of like you know get a crystal ball and kind of figure who am i reincarnation from and you know or um we we didn't we've learned about reincarnation previously in uh, which letter uh, i don't i have to recall um a much earlier one and the concept of reincarnation is different than what most people think um it's not that your soul comes back as it was in like you know my soul and my body now it's the extension of the mission that needs to be completed with a soul that kind of buds from the branch a new budding that takes on this soul that need or this mission that needs to be fulfilled okay anyways more to talk about this but we'll uh, we're gonna leave it right now all right, folks, amazing, uh, to be continued. I'm Rabbi Ronnie Fine, and this is amazing, you guys. I want to give you all kudos for your uh, day in, day out, like literally. Um, so many of you are here literally every single day to learn. Uh, I'm uh, humbled inspired by it. Thank you. It's a privilege and a pleasure, I must tell you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you.